folks. Welcome back to Dava Africa. This is Chris once again. Hey folks, welcome back to Chris White Africa here on the Indaba Africa channel, part of the Indaba Broadcasting Network today, June 15th, 2021. Well, it was about May 30th of 2020 in which this channel, the original channel, reached 1,000 subscribers after about six weeks of effort. So this year we're there in about six weeks of effort once again. Uh, I'm not sure where everybody went to, but thank you all of those of you who are here. I'm going to go ahead and leave the chat on and hopefully it won't distract me as I try to get through the news. Heavy focus today on South African news, lots of events in South Africa. And also remember I was teaching today. So I um, looked at the news early this morning and a lot of breaking news out of the rest of the continent hadn't quite made it to the wire services yet. So the focus today is on primarily South Africa, but we will have a few other news stories for you. So with that, let's get started. Today is the 15th of June, 2021. Time now for Indaba Africa News of the Day, the headlines and in-depth news and analysis following that up. First, the headlines. Death threats for doing your job well. That's the life of ESCOM's Chief Executive Officer, Andre de Reuter, who's received multiple death threats for simply doing his job and not allowing the ANC corruption to continue. Lockdown for alcohol bans coming your way, South Africa. You have government officials from the Muti-believing, non-scientific folks involved in the process of determining what's appropriate in South Africa, trying to push an alcohol ban back on South Africans. Because you're children and you can't be trusted to make your own judgment, according to the National Coronavirus Command Council. Hauteng is a province that is pushing to imprison its own residents by pushing for the government to increase the lockdown measures. Gwede Mantasha sent to the back of the bus. Get to the back of the queue as Ramaphosa lifts the artificial and economic destruction policy, not even a regulation or law, of limiting uh, competition in the electrical sector to just one megawatt of microgrid production, lifting it to 100 megawatts, thereby allowing other power producers and companies that produce excess power because they can't rely on the state-owned parastatal or shall I say parasite ESCOM to provide electricity. South Africa has decided to do away with 2 million doses of vaccine. They've vaccinated barely 1% of the population while President Ramaphosa whines fraudulently about vaccine apartheid. He has 2 million doses of Johnson Johnson vaccine, which they're just going to abandon. South Africa's super rugby sides will be able to play for the European title. Can you imagine that? South African rugby teams playing in Europe to win the European title in rugby. Interesting development. We'll talk more about that. This is for future years, not for this year. And penguins have been released into the wild at the Dwop Reserve. That's right, folks. Yeah, hopefully I pronounced it correctly in Afrikaans. It's spelled hope, but it's not hoop. It's whoop. Dwop Reserve. 30 juvenile penguins released there into the Dwop Reserve. We'll talk about that as well. And let them eat cake. So is the proclamation of one Suramamaposa, completely disconnected from the reality in South Africa and the fact that 3 million people are jobless owing to their incompetence and the destruction of the economy. So the poor members of parliament need more money. Let the peasants eat cake. MK Mkontowicize veterans are astounded, shocked, flabbergasted, gobsmacked 
that a decision was taken by the African National Congress to close their organization. And more vaccine apartheid nonsense and propaganda coming out of Africa, an article talking about, this is insane. It is insane that people perpetuate their nonsense and propaganda. The lack of planning, the lack of strategic vision, the piss poor prior planning by African loser elites is not the responsibility of the global community. And calling the global community vaccine hoarders and vaccine apartheiders because you're morons and you failed doesn't make it true. President Eric Nassisi of Botswana perpetuates this propaganda with his fairy tales as well. Speaking of Botswana, Botswana has received a $250 million loan from the World Bank, more large yes from the developed world. And being a refugee since 1998 from Burundi, didn't the conflict in Bruni end about a decade ago? Why are people still living as refugees abroad? Probably because they like it there and don't want to go home. Yet more abuse of the international asylum and refugee process. And Canada's second in charge of their military, Lieutenant General Mike Rollo, Rollo has resigned because he was golfing with his former boss who was accused of sexual indiscretions but denies it. And the U.S. military is missing weapons? What? What happened? I only retired a year and a half ago. What happened to my once grand military losing control of firearms? Is this South Africa or is it the United States? I don't know which it is. Ladies and gentlemen, those are the headlines for today, the 15th of June, 2021. All right, let's get to in-depth news and analysis here. First one up, if you've done your job well, you should be congratulated, maybe even patted on the back. Well done, but in South Africa, when you deny the connected, corrupt, venal, thieving, disgusting, vile members of the African National Congress from stealing from the people, well, then you get not pats on the back, but death threats. What are we talking about? CEO Andre de Reuter accused of being a racist, utter nonsense, and accused of many things by corrupt members of that company. Death threats against ESCOM CEO Andre de Reuter. ESCOM CEO Andrew DeRoyd has been facing death threats and unfounded allegations after starting a cleanup operation at the power utility. Remember, he's done something that no ESCOM executive has done for 15 years. He's lowered the debt burden from nearly 500 billion rand to about 400 billion rand in just 18 months, despite the fact that the company can't deliver 25% of its installed capacity, still managed to do this. He had an interview at News 24 where he discussed his work to turn around the country company, which has been gutted by corruption and mismanagement. Commenting on the allegations and death threats against him, DeRoyter said it was a momentary impact. But then what ultimately motivates me is to prove my detractors and critics wrong, and then I carry on. Well, I hope he has a adequate security detail because these people are serious. I saw footage yesterday purportedly of an executive from BZM, transport company in Bloemfontein who was murdered in his garage, assassinated, if that's in fact true. I'm still looking for corroboration for that story. But according to these folks at Business Tech, the death threats and false allegations against DeRoyter should not come as a surprise. ESCOM spokesman Sikonati Manchacha said there's a huge fight back from the elements that are responsible for a poor state of affairs at ESCOM. Yep, he said the criminals who have looted ESCOM and South African economy are not going to give up lightly the privilege they've enjoyed over the years. Billions in fraud and corruption have taken South Af taken place in South Africa, and a lot of it has happened at ESCOM. The corrupt people are still there, and they're still in positions of power within ESCOM and the government and business. What's happening at ESCOM under CEO Andre de Reuter is a cleanup operation that many people are not happy about. That's right, the criminals are not happy. Well, if you're enjoying your alcohol, South Africa, don't get used to it because you won't be enjoying it for very long. That's right. Why won't you be enjoying your alcohol? Well, because 
your government wants to ban alcohol consumption again because you're petulant, spoiled, in ill-disciplined children who can't hold their liquor. When will the insults begin to have an impact that South Africans will abandon the African National Congress in mass for opposition parties? Hopefully on October 27th. The head of government's ministerial advisory committee on the pandemic, Professor Koleka Mlitsana, says the country will need to introduce further lockdown restrictions to bring the wave under control and free up hospital space. He told the Independent Online that a number of issues need to be discussed, including the sale of alcohol and limitations on gatherings. We've seen this before. What did it accomplish? I know there are always concerns about liquor, so there definitely has to be close interactions, discussions about that, she said. We definitely have to get into stricter restrictions right now. Otherwise, we'll end up with a caving healthcare system. <laughs> Here's a little news for you there, Koleka. You have a collapsed healthcare system and it has nothing to do with the pandemic. It has everything to do with ANC corruption and theft and its idiotic introduction of a national health insurance scam. A scheme, scam, scheme, seems like the same thing. Yeah, your healthcare system is already collapsed. Uh, who are you kidding? You are living on borrowed time to say the least. Well, if it's not enough for you that the members of the advisory committee want to take away your privileges and rights as South Africans, if you live in the province of Hauteng, your leaders really are pushing for that. Let's get to that story, folks. It is Hauteng government joins push for more lockdown restrictions in South Africa because, you know, the ones they have just aren't enough. The Hauteng government says it will support the introduction of stronger lockdown restrictions this week as the province struggles with an influx of cases. Hauteng Premier David Makura is now expected to raise the issue with the national government with the country's National Coronavirus Command Council. You know them, the unaccountable, unelected, undemocratic, capricious body that rules South Africa as if they're the Politburo. The provincial government's Thabo Masebe said that additional restrictions were especially necessary given the rising case of hospitalizations in Hauteng. We talk to private hospitals almost on a daily basis, and they do indicate to us that they are running at almost 80% of their capacity for intensive care units. In public hospitals, we're also running at about 70%. So my question to you folks is instead of spending 551 million rand to clean schools that have been unoccupied for four months, why don't you spend 551 million rand in Hauteng to build intensive care wards? You've had 18 months, 18 months, and you still don't have answers. Do you know why? <laughs> we know why. Incompetence, corruption, not up to the task. The echoes call the, This echoes calls by acting health minister. Of course, this is the tourism minister who's the acting health minister while Dr. Zuelim Kizi is on leave over his purported corruption allegations. The acting health minister, also known as the tourism minister, Mamaloko Kubaya Kubane, said that her department will also make recommendations to the National Coronavirus Command Council this week on further lockdown restrictions for South Africa. Well, of course you will. Of course you will. Your industry's gone. Now you have a new portfolio. While Dr. Twelem Gizi sits on the sidelines, you can play doctor now with the health ministry. Go back to the tourism industry where you racial... Hatred and discrimination played out in blocking tourism COVID relief to the tourism sector if businesses were not black owned. So why don't you take your bigotry and racism from the health ministry 
back to the tourism ministry, which is already dead. And Guede Mandasha himself accused of corruption in the car power ship program with the award of a tender to a Turkish power company. Yes, he's been under scrutiny of late too, but Guede Mandasha has been sent to the back of the bus, get to the back of the queue. You've been canceled <laughs> by Cyril Ramaphosa, nonetheless, no less. Cyril Ramaphosa tells Guede Mandasha, be quiet, young man, go to the back of the bus as he allows private firms to generate power. South Africa's president, Cyril Ramaphosa, has publicly overruled his key ally, Guida Mandasha, Minister for Mineral Resources and Energy, by announcing that private companies will be able to generate their own power up to 100 megawatts without a license. It's a bold move that comes with political risk. Well, gee, thank you, Om Cyril, for allowing businesses to exist. I know it's difficult. You're not directing revenue to your corrupt, bloated patronage machine known as ESCOM, but the sacrifice will be worth it. It didn't take a passage of a law. It didn't take an act of parliament. It took simply Cyril Mopoza signing an order, releasing this idiotic, unreasonable restriction on power plants to keep people from competing with the useless state carrier. Well, Cyril Mopoza has also brought us the phrase vaccine apartheid. Vaccine apartheid. Well, there you have it, folks. Black folks here, white folks there, brown folks there. No, no, no. That's not what it's all about. This is about the evil global north. The people have spent tens of billions of dollars testing vaccinations on white guinea pigs. Oh, they were going to test them on Africans, but now they tested them white Americans. Overwhelmingly, virtually every candidate who was put in the trial program was white. We were the guinea pigs. But of course, it's racist. They're going to test it all on Africans. Well, that lie didn't happen. Didn't test on Africans. Tested it because Africans sat on their butt and didn't do anything, including South Africa. And of course, Um Cyril complaining about global vaccine apartheid from the rich white. By the way, 25% of our population are people of color there, Cyril. Maybe your numbers are off a little bit. Anyway, but the rich, evil, white global north denying the developing global south vaccine while not participating in any studies, not offering any resources, not addressing any pharmaceutical firms early in the stages. And now 18 months into the pandemic and eight months after vaccines have been delivered, woo, what's going on? They are still not involved in the game. Aspen Pharmacare producing no vaccine. Why is that? What's going on there? Hmm. They're too busy raking in all their money on antiretrovirals from HIV to be bothered with a vaccine for this. So we'll just cry vaccine apartheid. Meanwhile, Here's the real news in South Africa. South Africa, which has barely vaccinated 1% of its population fully at this stage, when other countries with hundreds of millions of people vaccinated over half or two-thirds of their population. South Africa claims to have purchased 40,000 doses and have them in hand. So why aren't people being vaccinated? In the meantime, they have the luxury, while decrying vaccine apartheid, to throw away 2 million doses. South Africa's vaccine rollout has been hit by further delays as it will discard at least 2 million Johnson Johnson vaccines produced in the country. So these were produced in South Africa by Aspen Pharmacare, probably. The vaccines were found by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to be unsuitable for use due to possible contamination of the ingredients at a Baltimore plant. Well, that's not produced in South Africa. That's produced in Baltimore. Get your story straight here, Associated Press. This is the latest setback in South Africa's vaccine rollout, which has so far given shots to just 1% of its 60 million people. Earlier this year, they rejected a million doses from AstraZeneca. So there are 3 million doses of viable vaccine that the government of South Africa, on the basis of no scientific evidence, has rejected out of hand while claiming vaccine apartheid. Please tell us, Cyril, which one do you want? Which one shall we give you? Tell us, please, when would you like it delivered? Where? Would you like us to bring refrigerators with it? Would you like us to bring microgrids to power the electricity grid? 
Cyril Ramaphosa, South African rugby teams will be able to play in the European Championship. Whoa, play for the title in Europe? Fascinating discovery, development. South Africa's super rugby sides will be able to play in the European Champions Cup starting next year. The Sharks, Stormers, Lions, and Bulls, but not the Cheetahs and Southern Kings. <laughs> uh, and an upgraded and expanded Pro 14 renamed as United Rugby Championship starts in September. There's a news story worth listening to. The plan announced this week is for South African sides to be allowed to play for the European title club title from 2022 to 2023 season subject to contract terms being finalized with the European organizers. They join Cardiff, the Ospreys, Scarlets, Dragons from Wales, Leinster, Munster, Ulster, and Connacht from Ireland, Edinburgh and Glasgow from Scotland, and Benetton and Zebra of Italy. South African rugby has for many years imagined a future aligned with Northern Hemisphere rugby, and this announcement marks the arrival of that vision. South Africa rugby chief executive Jury Rue says, Jury Rue, well, I disagree, Jury. I think that you're simply putting lipstick on a pig. You can't compete in Super Rugby anymore, and you've destroyed the brand, Saru. And uh, Sanzar has destroyed the brand by overextending it and then, you know, making it basically a, a global competition between Argentina to South Africa to Australia to New Zealand to Japan. Absolutely insane what you've done to Super Rugby. So, Super Rugby is not your future. You're putting lipstick on a pig and making the best of a situation. But congratulations to South Africa's rugby sides, which will now be able to compete for the European title. United Rugby Championship, URC. Well, I'm excited about that. So the Pro 14 name is going away. Interesting. Well, on to more interesting news in South Africa, where 30 juvenile penguins have been released into the wild at the Dewope Reserve. First release of African penguins at the Dewope Nature Reserve in South Africa. The release of 30 juvenile African penguins into the wild, of course, those would be jackass penguins, uh, this week represents a big step toward the reestablishment of a penguin colony on the south coast of South Africa. The African penguin species is endangered and decreasing rapidly due primarily to a lack of food. The shift in fish stocks away from historic feeding grounds on the West Coast as well as competition with the fishing industry have meant that African penguins breeding on the West Coast of South Africa especially are struggling to find food. Penguins have been unable to follow the change prey distribution because of the safe, a lack of safe breeding sites along the Southern Cape Coast. A small colony of penguins established at Dewope Reserve in 2003, but predation by caracal caused them to abandon the colony a few years later. Ooh, caracal. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. And there goes another penguin. Not a good sign. Hey, folks. Remember Ace Mangashule? Mm, yeah, Ace. Ace is the place, yeah. Ace is apparently under investigation by the African National Congress for purportedly being behind the mobs and the service delivery protest in the Free State and Bloemfontein in particular. Whether it's true or not, the fact that the ANC is actually publicly announcing they're investigating is shocking to say the least. Ace is on his way out. In case he didn't know that, little newsflash for Ace Magashule. Free State ANC to discuss rumors that Ace Magashule is funding mobs to cause shutdowns in the province. This story from Pule Lechitwit Jones. The Free State's Interim Provincial Committee on Told News 24 was concerned about rumors that people were being funded to cause havoc. This follows allegations the ANC suspended Secretary General Ace Magashule had funded numerous shutdowns. The provincial task team of the Free State is expected to convene a meeting on today, Tuesday. I don't want to speculate because there are rumors that Ace was in Harris Smith yesterday in a meeting with some organizers of the shutdown sponsored by one of his business friends. I still need to verify the facts, the source said. Well, this will come as no surprise to observers of South Africa, many of us whom expected and actually predicted that Ace Magashuli was the guy behind all this service delivery nonsense and these protests and violent actions taking place in the free state. Whether it's true or not, it would be fascinating to get to the bottom of that. We'll see if it happens, but the ANC investigating it is a sure sign. Matthew Pretorius has just described, buy a, buy a donkey, 
Matthew Pretorius, appreciate you subscribing to the channel. Yeah, that's a good sign that poor Ace is on his way out the door. <laughs> of course, in the African National Congress, never count anybody out. I mean, a, an accused rapist who admitted to committing rape in a trial is acquitted. A, a man who stole money from the corrupt arms deal, it's proven that he stole money and he's yet to appear before a trial. And we're talking, of course, a person who was elevated to become the president of the Republic by a corrupt parliament led by the African National Congress, none other than Jacob Zuma, the man whose mansion was built with state funds. Well, Chris Roper has an op-ed piece in the Financial Mail talking about Ramaphosa's disconnect from society. Let them eat cake, although Roper says let them eat sushi. Kenny Kunene has two wrists, so he needs two watches. <laughs> By similar logic, Ramaphosa wants us to feel sorry for members of parliament with two homes who have to spend twice as much as ordinary mortals. Oh, it's just so sad. It's so sad. One of the essays in Bongani Madono's excellent collection, Sai, the Beloved Country, is titled Midnight Pasha, Kenny Kunene's Vile Bodies. In it, Madondo recounts his visit to the closing soiree of a ZAR in Santon, Kunene's Zuma age nightclub of choice for the young, the intemperate, and the outlandishly rich, where the new money aristocracy and its attendant hangers-on can play wildest fantasies unmolested. You remember, you may remember Kunene as Mr. Sushi, famous for holding parties at which guests ate sushi off the bodies of semi-naked women. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Cyril is disconnected from reality. Surprise, surprise. Speaking of disconnect from reality, the armed wing of the African National Congress, which shouldn't be armed because it's a political party, it's not a liberation movement, but the armed wing of the ANC, Mkontowiciswe Veterans Association, of course, there are very few actual veterans in it. Uh, being a member of it doesn't make you a veteran. A veteran implies that they were involved in armed conflict or in uniform. They weren't. They weren't. A lot of hangers-on. The number of people that actually engage in any degree of combat or taking risks doing sabotage missions is only a few thousand, and many of them have died already. The vast majority of these people simply claim status without actually having a legitimate status. But the Mkontowiciswe Veterans Association was decided last week they're going to be wrapped up and folded away. Comes as a shock to them. MK, Military Veterans Association, taken by surprise by recommendations to disband it while MK Council says it would welcome it. The Mkonto Wisizwe Military Veterans Association says it was taken by surprise by the sudden recommendations that they should be disbanded and that a unitary conference, which would include its splinter group, the MK Council, should be immediately convened. Speaking to independent media Monday after widespread rumors that later turned out to be partly false, claiming that ANC President Ron Posey issued a party decree disbanding the historic structure, MK Military Veterans Association President Kebe Mapozo clarified that that was not the case. He said there was no such decree issued by Ramaphosa, but the recommendation came out of last week's meeting of the Peace and Stability Committee of the ANC, which is chaired by Tony Yangani, the felon Tony Yangani, the criminal Tony Yangani, the thief Tony Yangani, a member of the ANC's National Executive Committee. What the hell is Tony Yangani doing on the National Executive Committee? It speaks volumes about the commitment of the ANC to anti-corruption. There is no commitment. It's fraud. But they're good at that, so why not? But um, will it be taken apart? Will it not be? Well, this wasn't Ramaphosa that it ordered. People throwing shade on Ramaphosa. He, he's busy, you know, trying to make you feel bad for members of parliament who need more money. <laughs> While three million South Africans are sitting jobless as a courtesy of the National Coronavirus Command Council. Top six meeting with MK Veterans Association, MK Council collapses over order to disband. An African National Congress top six meeting with Mkontwe Seasway Veterans Association, the MK Councils collapsed with the MK Military Veterans Association refusing to abide by an order for the structure to be dissolved. 
The meeting fell apart shortly after it started with the association's president, Mapotza, and others questioning why their structure is being disbanded. ANC has been trying to unite the two warring factions, and they said it would appear that the National Executive Committee made the decision. Well, here is the bottom line with that, ladies and gentlemen. You see this? Look at this. You see these people in camouflage wearing pistol belts? If you're a veterans organization, you don't walk around wearing military uniform. These are frauds. These are thugs in uniform. Look at that guy in the front there. What is he, 27, 35 maybe? He's not 55 or 60. And if he's not that, he couldn't be a veteran of MK. This is a fraudulent paramilitary organization. We saw this when they went to Enconla and prevented the police commissioner, minister of police, Becca Chile, from approaching Enconla, the mansion built by the taxpayers. These thugs danced and toy-toyed in front of, of Becca Chile's convoy, not letting the minister of police go see Jacob Zuma. Eventually, they got out of the way and let him go. There's no reason for them. He says, they're not a service organization for veterans. They're clearly a political organization with the intent to be armed and to intimidate. Frankly, I'm not intimidated by them. D. LaRue has just subscribed. Thank you for subscribing, D. LaRue. I'm not in the least bit intimidated by MK and never have been. They were never a threat to anyone other than themselves. All of their own members, they were busy murdering Equatro in Angola. Suspected collaborationist. <laughs> well, this insanity must end. It's insane, ladies and gentlemen. What am I talking about? Well, the Africa des desperately needs vaccine. In the global race to vaccinate people against the pandemic, Africa is tragically at the back of the pack. In fact, it's barely gotten out of the starting blocks. In South Africa, which is the continent's most robust economy and biggest coronavirus case, just 0.8% of the population is fully vaccinated, according to a worldwide tracker kept by Johns Hopkins University. And hundreds of thousands of the country's health workers, many of them facing coming face-to-face -face with the virus, are still waiting for their shots. Why? Because South Africa is ruled by the inept, corrupt, venal African National Congress, or as we like to call them, the angry, naughty children. In Nigeria, Africa's biggest country, more than 200 million people, only 0.1% are fully vaccinated. Kenya with 50 million, it's even lower. Uganda has recalled doses from rural areas because it doesn't have nearly enough to fight outbreaks in big cities. Chad did administer its first vaccines until this weekend. At least five other countries where not a single dose has been put into an arm. <gasps> the tragedy, the horror, it's extremely concerning and at times frustrating, said Africa's Center for Disease Control Director, Dr. John Nkenga Gazong, a Cameroonian virologist who is trying to ensure that some of the world's poorest nations get a fair share of the vaccines in a marketplace where they can't possibly compete. <sighs> the United States and Britain, in contrast, have fully vaccinated more than 40% of their populations and higher rates of adults and high-risk people. Well, there's a little map of who's been vaccinated. Virtually nobody in Africa. Now, why is this? Because Africans sat back on their ass and waited for someone to do it for them instead of getting involved. No one to blame but themselves, or the politicians, I should say. And the politicians who, instead of coming up with solutions, propagate propaganda. People like President Eric Masisi of Botswana. Let's talk about him as he jumps on the bandwagon of Cyril Ramaphosa's purported vaccine apartheid. President Mokwetsi Masisi, also known as Eric, said he's never seen the world as polarized as it is over the issue of access to covid vaccines. Well, I don't know about that, Eric. You're busy hiding out in the BDF for a long time. The actions of rich countries who've brought more, who bought more inoculations than they need while much of Africa struggles to secure the doses should be condemned in the strongest terms. Pharmaceutical companies should also be compelled to share the technology to take the vaccines. No, 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 my CC. You should be compelled to unlock your economy and stop your hysteria. That's what you should be compelled to do. And you should be compelled to stop lying and propagandizing. When did Botswana step forward and contact Johnson & Johnson, Abbott, 
AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Moderna. When, when, when were your negotiations with these companies? Oh, oh, that's right. You joined the COVAX facility, which of course we've given $2.5 billion to fund. How much did you give Botswana for the vaccines? Not to mention the millions of doses we've donated. Yet you can spew this garbage, this absolute garbage. This is a disgrace. We're not buying it. You can't sell this jalopy here. Homie, don't play that. Meanwhile, Botswana just got $250 million from the World Bank. Why do you need us to give you vaccines? Why can't you buy them like the rest of us? Hmm? What about that? Interesting, while Makwetse Masisi complains about vaccine apartheid on the very same day, the World Bank announces that Botswana just got $250 million. Uh, let me do the math really quickly. Up to 10 and a half to one. That's uh, two... Three, three billion pull excuse me. Three billion pull up. Three billion pull up you just got. And you can't get vaccines because you've been kept out of the game. No, you are incompetent, my friend. You're incompetent. And you're playing the game of race mercantilism. If you've been a refugee from Burundi, which has been at peace for over a decade, although there's been spats of violence, but, but not the reasons why people fled in the 1990s, which is right after the Rwanda genocide. If you've been out of the country since 1998, why are you still a refugee? Because the truth of this, refugees never go home. Never go home. Tell that to the 600,000 Ethiopians who fled Ethiopia in the 1970s and populated Virginia and changed the character of Northern Virginia. Hope and opportunity for refugee students in Botswana. As universities begin to offer scholarships, refugee students look forward to a more secure future in the country they now call home. UNHCR, UN Refugee Agency, and its partner Skillshare have advocated to expand opportunities for high-performing refugee students and are partnering with higher education institutions and the private sector in Botswana to offer scholarships to a growing handful of foreign students who, like Zoli, 19, and Linda, 22, receive high marks in secondary school. Refugees in Botswana attend local primary and secondary schools alongside Botswana children. Many excel, but their options after school are limited. The government offers higher education scholarships to cover all or part tuition costs for Botswana students whose marks meet. But refugees have traditionally not received these opportunities. Most come from families who cannot afford higher education. So they end up back in the Dukwe refugee camp, where almost all the 1,010 refugees in Botswana live. And there are a few job opportunities. Yeah. Why are the refugees there? It's time to go home to Burundi. Time to go home. And no government is obligated to provide scholarships to foreign nationals. You're not a citizen. We don't owe scholarships to South Africans or Botswana or Burundians here. Nor do they owe it to me to go to there and study. On academic performance, different story. Canada's 2IC, number two in charge of the military, has resigned over a golf game. Canada's military second in command has resigned after playing golf with the country's former defense chief who was under investigation for sexual misconduct. Lieutenant General Mike Rouleau said he invited General Jonathan Vance to play golf to ensure his wellness. In his former role, Lieutenant General Rouleau had authority over military investigators looking at the case against Vance. But he admitted the decision had intensified recent events and contributed to further erosion of trust in the military. What military? There's like six people left in the Canadian forces. Vance, who retired in January, has denied the sexual misconduct claims made against him. News about the golf game broke last weekend in local news outlets, The Globe and Mail and Global News. Well, um, watch for the uh, Canadian Royal Mounted Police to come knock on your door. Because um, in that photo, you're not wearing a mask. And in Canada, that's a felony. <laughs> There you have it. And the U.S. military has lost control of firearms? What is going on here, folks? This is insane. This story from the Associated Press. U.S. military guns keep vanishing. 
some used in street crimes. Pulling a pistol from his waistband, the young man spun his human shield toward police. Don't do it! Pursuing cops said the young man complied, releasing the bystander and tossing the gun, which skittered across the city street and then onto the hands of police. They soon learned that the 9 million Beretta had a rap sheet. Bullet casings linked it to four shootings, all of them at Albany, New York. And there's something else. The pistol was U.S. Army property, a weapon intended to be used against America's enemies, not on the streets. The Army couldn't say how its Beretta 9 millimeter got into New York's capital until the June 2018 police foot chase. The Army didn't even realize someone had stolen the gun. Inventory records checked by investigators said the M9 was 600 miles away at Fort Bragg. It's incredibly alarming, says Albany County District Attorney David Soros. It raises the other question as to what else is seeping into the community that could pose a clear and present danger. The armed services of the Pentagon are not eager for the public to know the answer. Well, they should be. They absolutely should be eager for the public to know. In its first public counting of its kind in decades, an Associated Press investigation has found that at least 1,900 U.S. military firearms were lost or stolen during the 2010s, with some resurfacing in violent crimes because some armed services have suppressed the release of basic information. Government records covering the Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Air Force show pistols, machine guns, and shotguns, supply warehouses. Unbelievable. Here's the list. Rifles top the list of missing military weapons. 1,179 rifles are missing in a 10-year period. 694 handguns, 74 machine guns, 25 mortars, 34 rocket launchers. Even elite units are not immune. A former member of the Marine Special Operations Unit was busted with two stolen guns. Guns. A Navy SEAL lost his pistol during a fight in a restaurant in Lebanon. This is unacceptable, ladies and gentlemen. This is unacceptable. You do not allow this nonsense in my military to happen. This needs to have a reckoning and accounting. Never once in my 36 and a half years in uniform did I serve in a unit where we lost a weapon or we didn't have a weapon. That's absolutely insane. How does that happen? Well, there you go, folks. That's the news and analysis for today, the 15th of June, 2021. Thanks for tuning in.